0: What's up, everybody? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. All right, this is number two of a doubleheader today. Hope you enjoyed the first one with Kim White. Uh, she's, a, she's an awesome individual, man. I really love Kim. Uh, she's definitely somebody who is very selfless and out there just trying to help people uh, be their best selves. Um, so for those of you who are listening, uh, I'm piping this into Clubhouse uh, in my room. Uh, got uh, Michael James, who's uh, here with me. Uh, we're going to be talking about mushrooms. Uh, all of the different uh, types of mushrooms that are out there, not only just psilocybin, um, but uh, all the different varieties that they have out there and all the benefits. And then a little bit about uh, Senate Bill 519, which is really important uh, for uh, the healing community and, you know, anybody out there that's, uh, you know, suffered through traumas, PTSD, veterans, uh, all of the folks out there that are really, really having some great benefits with using uh, psilocybin uh, as a as a, a remedy, a plant-based remedy. So, uh, let's see. Am I forgetting something? Yes. So also we will be doing the, uh, back from broken speaker summit. I'll be speaking at this weekend, the fifth and the sixth, there are free tickets available for that. If you go into the description and hit the back from broken summit.com and let me bring this up here, Bur, Sorry. Uh, where are we at here? Where are we at? Back from broken summit.com. Go to that uh, link right there and that'll take you to, uh, be able to, uh, register for this event. And like I said, it is free. There's 250 tickets available. Um, yeah, check it out. I'm working the back end of this as well. And there are some great speakers, man. I'm telling you, I am in the company of some really, really talented folks, uh, that are bringing their stories to you, uh, for sure. So you don't want to miss this. If you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor and thumbs the video up, uh, uh, subscribe, um, all the stuff that you need to do. If you're if you're looking if if you are watching on Facebook, uh, do me a favor and uh, share and like the video and everything else uh, that goes with it. So, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this type of stuff because I'm really 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 excited to get into this uh this interview we've been I've been trying to get a hold of or schedule this for a while. You know, James is a really really busy guy, especially on the advocacy on the advocate front of what's going on in our area currently with Senate Bill 519. So, after these messages, we will uh be right with you and we're going to come directly into there after the intro
1: so see you in a minute sean dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud upon release in 2006 he had nothing but the clothes on his back a bag of mail and legal paperwork in 2010 he kicked a long-time methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life this is the nowhere to go but up podcast If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin.
0: All right, what's up, James?
2: <laughs> wow, what an intro, Sean! <laughs> you got me fired up, ready to talk about some stuff. Wow, cool, man.
0: all right we got a little bit of an echo there. Do you got your? Uh, your you don't have your clubhouse on, do you? Yeah, nope.
2: That's what it is. Hold on, I'm down. Is that working better?
0: Yeah, let, yeah, it's a
2: little bit better. Well, let me pull it. Let me pull this guy away. He's probably he's probably pulling feedback on us.
0: So like I said, for those of you out there uh, who don't know who James is, James is the owner of the Hate Street Shroom Shop in San Francisco. Uh, he is a mycology educator as well as a decriminalization advocate. Uh, for um, psychedelics and basically plant-based medicines, I think, in general, but mushrooms uh, specifically. And I really, really, really am interested in in learning more about this because I have uh, used these uh, plant-based medicines myself to try to help heal my own uh, issues and trying to work through things. So, James, man... Glad to have you here. Glad we can finally make it. I know you have had a a busy weekend from the Mushroom Festival up in uh, McLeod, which is in Shasta.
2: Yeah, yeah, up in Shasta. It was a a fun, it's what we call the end of the mushroom season here in Northern California, which is, uh, it it basically extends from October all the way until about now, when the snowmelt starts kind of coming down and keeping things moist up on higher elevations. And so we're able to go find some fun mushrooms even all the way up until um, you know Memorial Day, like this weekend here in Northern California. It's one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah, I saw some great pictures that you took of, of some of the mushrooms that you guys found, and yeah, you, you found a bunch
2: of morels right right yeah. in your in, in the in a backyard, right? That's right. My my good friend that invited me up that wanted to uh, take me around a little bit and show me some of his spots. Uh, we were very lucky when when we arrived that he was like, Hey, Hey, look at this. Cause his lawn, wa- his lawn had been, um, watered by, um, by his family and basically morels were popping up in the lawn. So it was quite a, a treat to start the the foray, the, the foraging, just kind of sitting in the lawn and find a bunch of really choice morels to cook up. We cooked them up and put them on, um, some venison burgers. we made a little cream oh. salt. It was, it was choice. Oh. Yeah. It's good. jealous, yeah. jealous, <laughs> like I love you, man. I have good friends. That's that's the key to mushroom foraging is having good friends around you.
0: <laughs> well, you know that I mean just in the space in general, when you are thinking about, you know, even in the cannabis space, the uh the psychedelic space, everybody comes at things from from love, right? And we don't see that a whole lot. I mean, we're seeing it more today, but in the past we haven't seen that a whole lot. And I think that's one of the the really great things about that community is that, you know, everybody's so open and so uh, giving and so willing to help. Is, you know, as long, as long as you're, you know, willing to do the same thing, you're going to get that back.
2: Yeah, um, you know, that's really funny you say that because today I was actually putting a post on Instagram because I came up to um, a harvest of some amazing lion's mane mushrooms from my grow space, and I really didn't expect it, but I knew that they were coming close. And that right there is kind of, is kind of the key to, to cultivation, to growing, to building your own personal recipe for yourself, is, is having that good faith and that good energy into whatever it is that you're putting your efforts into so that whatever comes back to you gives you that same level of, of response. And mushrooms are definitely one of those particular species of of, um, entity because, you know, mushrooms are their own species um, and own genus of of plants, if we're going to call them a plant, because they're not. Fungi and mold are their own space. But I like to say the word plant because people understand plants and medicine more from that standpoint. And now we're coming into this amazing space where people are realizing that fungi and mold and different intermediary spaces are, are are actually um, a really great thing to add into the recipe for personal health and development.
0: Yeah, and, and every variety, from what I'm reading, has a different of different function of of you know health wise what it what it helps you with. Like lion's mane is you know like for cognitive uh, function and 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 helps with the ability of that. And you know every single one of them has something different that it that it helps. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the fun part about mushrooms in general because what I do here in the shop is really focused mainly on educating people and trying to help get them into the framework to, to, to gain knowledge. Because we all have, um, we've all been conditioned by society to believe that there's certain modalities to healing or personal growth or spiritual growth, whatever, whatever the terminology that you want to use to kind of help um, define o- personal development right? And a lot of us like will fall into one fad or another. The thing that's really common is that I find that there's kind of like three different areas that people, that we as a society are always trying to work on, right? We're trying to work on our mind, right? To, to learn more. We're trying to work on our bodies to stay healthy. And then we're also trying to work on our spirit. And that and that combination of those three houses or those three areas really help dull it down or dumb it down to a point where people can look at what am I, what am I achieving from this activity? When I work out, what am I achieving? Am I feeding? Am I feeding my body? Am I feeding my spirit? Because the thing you'll find is with mushrooms, with health consciousness is that you're going to cross those, those three different, uh, those three different categories, almost always two indefinitely and sometimes three. So when we look at, when I look at mushrooms, I'm trying to define what's the health benefits that I'm trying to personally achieve. Am I trying to work on my body? Am I trying to work on my mind? Am I trying to work on my spirit? And when I when I can ask those questions to myself, the context for the healing that exists is a lot better than any other approach that I I happen to be a, a part of when I when I go on uh, these journeys or when I try and help people build up their own personal recipe.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That, that's great. I, uh, I'm I'm really interested in learning at some point how to grow my own mushrooms and and you know get involved in, in all the stuff that you're doing um, you know for myself uh, for my own health and my own well being and you know making those you know cause I guess you had the the Stamets the Paul Stamets who's uh, an old school mushroom guy. Uh, you know, he, uh, has a stack that he recommends. Um, he also said something that was really, really interesting to me on an interview that I, I saw of his that was, um, talked about how hearing in sight, uh, through using some of these mushrooms daily, uh, has improved.
2: Yeah. So, you know. Paul Paul is an amazing is an amazing person in the space because the work and the research and the and the time that he put in to creating um, a framework for all all of us that are cultivators that are all the individuals looking for medicinal or personal development he did a really great job of of creating that foundation to help people like myself actually feel like this is something that we can be involved with. Um, back in, in 20, um, 2015, 2016, my wife was diagnosed with stage two, uh, B breast cancer, which was the, the exact same diagnosis as Paul Stametz's mother, which he talks about in his Ted Med talk. Uh, it was from 2012 and they used turkey tail mushrooms as a part of the, um, as a part of their supplementation and their, uh, uh, their regimen to, to help Paul's mother heal. And then, in that Ted Men talk, he brings her up to stage and shows that she was able to overcome this high level stage four B breast cancer at, um, uh, while she was over 80 and, and this in of itself shows the power of mushrooms and medicine and natural medicine in general, not just predisposing the idea that like taking Turkey tail mushrooms, the mushroom that helped my wife and helped Paul's mother is the only mushroom. There's so many other mushrooms and so many other plants and herbs in our world that it's, it's really important to kind of start defining where the alchemy of the individual really comes into play because that alchemy is really what we all need to do because we're all balanced or or imbalanced in different ways. So using um, using that kind of different protocols and different herbal and natural technologies that have existed for thousands of years and incorporating those back into our lives and, and trying to be conscious, that's the key is being conscious of how they can feel and whether or not they actually have personal benefit. And if they don't have personal benefit to you, it's okay. That doesn't mean you, you have you failed. Pulling back into the reality of of what we of what we can create is really, really important. So always work on your own recipe. Know that a good chef always takes a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they taste it. And that taste, that ment that mental consciousness. Of trying to build the right recipe that is beautiful is what the power of, of mushrooms of of natural medicine of entheogens and things that all kind of incorporate into the world
0: yeah that's awesome man i you know it when you can use natural plant-based medicines to heal yourself and diet too you know and not not everybody like we. There's no one size fits all in in a, in a person, you know. Because like you said, our our you know, chemistry is different, our makeup's different. You know what works for you may not work for me. Um, so it's really about finding finding your balance. And a lot of you know uh, Western medicine, you know pharmaceuticals, they're all derived from plants too. They That's just right. they just throw their bonding agents in there and, and whatever else they need to do to be able to um, uh, patent it. Cause you're not allowed to patent anything from nature, right?
2: That's right. That's right. So you're bringing up, um, bringing about a huge thing that's going to be emerging in this, in this new market, this new industry revolving around personal personal healing and, and different types of plant medicines. And, and what it really comes down to is that, yeah, yeah. Nature is not patentable, but derivatives are. And so there's a lot of companies in the capitalist mindset in the capitalist markets that, that drive our, our nation and our industry that are trying to place themselves into a position to be more, to gain more financial value than other people. And that's, that's a really tough sell. That's a really tough one right now, especially as a guy that wants to teach people to grow at home. And to be more conscious of your of what you're consuming and not rely on the big pharma or the big ag or anybody to tell you what you should or you shouldn't do when you're consuming things. Don't don't trust everybody. Go out and find your own your own answers. And when you find your answers and you believe in those answers, that's the true the true uh, direction towards healing and, and towards health and towards benefit is, is creating a recipe that works for you. And my recipe, my personal recipe, is not—it's not uh, the best recipe, but it works for me, and I like it. And maybe, maybe you'll take a taste of that soup, and that soup will be something that will help you and make you feel better. But maybe you want to add a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that, and those are—that's the thing that I want my shop, I want what I'm doing here to be really consciously minded towards—is to help people build that recipe and be a resource for people that that allows them to, to know that it's okay to define what they personally want. And, and if they're healing, then share that they're healing. And it's okay that that methodology or that thing works for them. Because when we look at Western medicine and we look at Western society, the things that lead to healing are based on a physical response. And I think all of us out there that have gone through real deep trauma or have had things happen to them, know that it's not just take a pill and then all of a sudden you're solved. It's a a whole bunch of work beyond that physical medicine that you consume.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 everything, everything encapsulated, you know, from your your mental health to you know not being stressed to you know having toxic people in your life, and if there and if you do, you know, removing any kind of toxicity within your life, whether it's people, whether it's foods, whether it's you know diet, you know, anything that's toxic to you always will play a part in in you know the detriment to you. And I saw this 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 meme the other day. It actually, it wasn't really a meme. It was a sticky note, and it said, oh, "Wow, what was it?" It said, "Make time for your wellness, or you'll be forced to be de- to you'll be forced to make time for your illness."
2: Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the truth. That uh, that is a beautiful analogy and statement because, um, you know, uh, when. W- to go into personal, personal things revolving around um, the experience that I had when my partner was going through cancer, we recognized that in the science of things, we were not, she was not somebody that was predisposed for cancer to happen. However, where we were at that point in our lives, we were exposed to energy and, and feelings that may have created more of an opportunity for things like that. And that's because we weren't balanced. Our recipe didn't have all the right ingredients at that time. And because of the nature of like working in Silicon Valley and the high level of metrics and numbers that you're trying to meet, what we came to the realization was, is that we were being pressed so hard individually to, to represent and to, to create more outside of what we could do in, in the space because of these numbers it actually pulled us back and it it deterred us from actually being healthy and being good. And and we sit here in Silicon Valley and, you know, here in um, the Bay area trying to drive this idea of work-life balance. However, the numbers, the numbers, I'm doing air quotes here, friends on, on clubhouse, the numbers were what we're really driving, what we shouldn't and couldn't be doing with our time, but we were being told create work-life balance and when when that all failed because the amount of drive that we were being pressed on as people that were moving up in as as people to become management and things like that in these spaces we realized that we were we were driving for the wrong things and the and the thing that we were being told to drive for was just money and and money as as it's important to to sustaining and, and creating space but um this idea that we were going to be Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and make millions and millions of dollars because we were smart and we did all the right things and, and worked in the right companies was was not a real ideal. It wasn't something that actually created the wealth that we were looking for. And it was more about how we took our recipe, our personal health and our personal experience and applied that in a way that was much more conscious than just going towards what we were being told we should be going to.
0: No, I, I 100% agree with that because wealth uh, doesn't necessarily mean financial. Wealth is, is really way more intricate than that. Wealth is, is ingrained in spirituality, in connection to your community, uh, in connection to nature, connection to the energy that we are. And in all of these things is what wealth is: family, children, raising your your tribe. That's wealth. I mean, yeah, we need money to survive, but we don't need as much money as we think we do. Um, you know, speaking of Silicon Valley, I worked in there worked there for a long time as a construction worker, and you know, doing commercial construction. I've I've built uh, Zynga. You know, when it went up in San Francisco, uh, you know, a lot of the other ones down in, in, uh, in, in South Bay. And the one thing that I noticed with all of them, uh, starting with Zynga, was they are creating a space to keep their workers there. Whether yeah. it's food, whether it's snacks, whether it's, you know, game rooms, uh, cots, or, or quiet rooms where they can go take a nap. Like, all of these things that they were building for their employees was to keep them at work. Yep. So that work-life balance that everybody's like, how do you, nah, nah, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Sean, I'm I'm surprised as a, as somebody that didn't actually work in that space that you actually get it. They wanted me working from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. every single day. And as I rose up the management chain, and I'm not, I'm not saying my companies and the places that I work with were bad. It wasn't the individual's fault that I was working with. It was the expectation of the, of the drive towards those, those numbers. And as I sat there and I kept learning and building and growing, I realized that those numbers really didn't mean anything into what I was actually doing because if I wasn't helping and being of service to the people that were my clients or my customers or consumers, however you want to use the term, I realized that it was a disservice to them because basically what I was, what I was giving to them was not at the quality that I personally held myself to. So it's like, I was, I kept, pushing and pushing and and letting go. And not because, not because of my abilities or inabilities, but because of the way that I was conditioned to believe that the drive to, to be successful was more about how you cut costs, more about how you figure out to get things done rather than focusing on what you're actually doing. Right. And, and that, that's why this beauty of me transitioning into the space of like cultivating mushrooms you can't grow mushrooms unless you're a patient. You can't grow mushrooms if you don't have the right process in place, and you can't grow mushrooms if you don't have the right mindset to do it. And once I stepped away from the Silicon Valley stuff and started just doing something simple, which simple simple is a is a, you know, is a it's a it's a term that is uh, interpreted by the individual, but to me, growing mushrooms is simple in comparison to you know managing you know 700 million dollars of revenue and trying to make sure that logistically everything lines up so that i can deliver a end result to a select few of 20 people that are on a board of directors that are actually driving the direction of the company because they want to get more money not because they want to make good products not because they want to create advancement they just want more and so this idea of more 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 really had, I had a hard time with it. And that, and because um, I was being driven as I was watching my wife grow through cancer, as I was raising my, my one year, my barely one year old at the time, I realized that the things they were asking me to do and the pressures they were giving me had no bearing on whether or not my wife survived or not. They had no bearing on whether or not my son was going to be raised to be a good individual. And the amount of effort and time that I was being asked to undertake did not allow me personally to to grow mentally, spiritually, and physically, and I needed all three of those pieces. And Silicon Valley wasn't offering that to me, even though they had put the the, the front up to exactly as you described to make me feel like there was a balance there, and there wasn't.
0: Oh yeah, it's, uh, it was. Uh, what do they call that? It was uh, co- indirect coercion. <laughs> that's really what it is and it, yeah. it's it's when you when so it's it's a manipulation and when you come to the it they're 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 indirectly manipulating you to to you come to terms with it on your own to think that this is a great thing. So when you're thinking that, Oh, you come in and you see all of this food that you get and all of these amenities and all of these perks at these places. I mean, geez, somebody who was building these places, I was going, God, I wish I, I worked here. You know, it, it gives us, it gives this illusion. And when, when you come to the, when you, it's in your mind that you're, Oh, okay. Yes,
2: I, I'll do this. You know, it, it's
0: it's it's I'll really tricky. A, I'll
2: give you a great example of of what wealth means in these capitalist societal things. And and again, I want to I want to tell all my friends anybody that's here that works in the Bay, Area, you work for a software company, you work in small teams. I'm so happy that you guys are all kind of creating um, products that you believe in. The thing that I was having a hard time with. Was that I was being led as I was approaching this whole um, parental development space of my life, was that I was being told I wasn't doing enough when in fact, when you look at the the, the grand um, the grand scheme of all the different things I was undertaking as as this developing person, right? like I was I was a um, first and foremost um, a father, a new father, um, a husband, and a um, an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. I was also a high school wrestling coach. I was also, you know, helping support my partner while she was going through this um, insane change in her life, and and then because of that, she got ousted out of Silicon Valley, and we just we had to ride by the seat of our pants in a way that made us feel comfortable, but at the same time made us feel in control, because. Humans want to be in control of their situation. And the moment that you feel like you're out of control, that's the moment that it's just straight up shit happens Mm -hmm. is when, and and things start rolling forward and forward, because once the moment, the momentum of out of control occurs, then it's hard to keep it from pulling. It's hard to step back because one thing leads to another. And these things kind of perpetuate and snowball in a way that pull you out of where you need to be in order to actually deal with the situation that's at hand. And so I was very, very lucky that my partner kind of, she recognized it and and I, I love her so much because when we found out this was gonna happen, she was the one that said, we're gonna do this and we're gonna beat it because that's what it comes down to. It's like your initiation to work towards healing, towards towards working towards personal progression Towards building that recipe. There is no right or wrong answer. It's what works for you. And, and I feel so blessed that that my wife and my, my partner was able to come out of this experience with that growth mentality. And as I watched her grow and tried to be ultra supportive as well as fearful, because I would not have, I would not be here in this space if I had not entertained or gone through that experience of not knowing for that that year past my partner's treatment whether or not she would still be here. So I was I worked through all the silicon valley mindset stuff that we're talking about. She got through her treatment and then we had to sit back and wait for a year to basically know that the cancer had 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 been in remission, that we were on our path towards towards moving up, towards going up and growing into what we wanted to be and that and that was where my personal experience with um, therapeutic mushrooms with psilocybin mushrooms started kind of reforming itself because because when I was younger, when I was in my teens, you know, I, I consumed magic mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, recreationally, like most of us do. And so it's one of these interesting topics that I love to to share with people because there are three spaces that will come about from this new movement. There is the medicinal space, which is really important to a lot of the a lot of the groups that we've talked about. There's the ceremonial space, which is paying tribute and homage to the ancient technology that has been um, shared with us from different cultures and different um, uh, you know indigenous groups for thousands of years. And then there is that recreational space, because without recreation, without trying to release, without trying to let go and have a good time. We as humans would just all be robots moving around. And so I'm going to say right out there to you and all the listeners and all the viewers that expect all three of these spaces to come up, medicinal, ceremonial, and recreational, and, and know that there's a space for each person, but we have to have good safety networks in those spaces to, to make sure that we don't, we don't get ourselves hurt or have other people hurt.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a great point,
2: and right
0: now I'm going to take time for anybody that's listening. Uh, when this is released on a podcast platform,s you know nobody's going to be able to see what I have on the screen here. So, um, the Hate Street Shroom Shop website is www dot com. All the direct links, like I said before, are in the description and will be in the show notes. Uh, And also on the ticker tape that I got going on the bottom there is the uh, org, And that's all of the information I would imagine about the decriminalization uh, movement that's happening. Now, is that in California or is that just specific to the the county of, of San Francisco?
2: That's a great question, Sean. And and the the beauty of SB five one nine right is um is a state um, a state ballot measure, which is is different than um, uh, a standard ballot measure that goes to the constituency to vote on. So state ballot measures kind of come to the table when basically the state legislature sees um, the opportunity for emerging law or things that could be uh, fast tracked through. The um, just the Senate itself. And so there are certain things that are inherent that the that the state, because every single time the Senate comes together and starts meeting on laws or doing discussions, it takes it takes money. It takes time. And so basically, after uh, measure 109 and 110 up in Oregon, after what happened over in Denver with their decriminalization of psilocybin and watching the decriminalized nature Platform, which exists in which started in Oakland, California, where it's decriminalized, um, has moved down to Santa Cruz, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Washington D.C., and all these emerging spaces. Basically, the state, of, the great state of California, and and my senator Scott Wiener, has recognized that there is a movement that exists within this decision for the for new modalities towards healing and towards personal development, and so he submitted this legislation in a way that actually. Uh, upcoming here on June fourth, uh, there's a great opportunity for um, entheogenic plant medicines and psychedelic medicines of a certain um, genre to be completely decriminalized for personal uh, use here in California, and and that in of itself is such a huge progressive movement because while other states have decriminalized things, we all know here in California that that our great state is is basically the progressive movement for any national level legislation that that occurs here in, in the country. We wouldn't be sitting here talking about cannabis if it hadn't been for Colorado, um, California, and a couple other states that that created the framework for legalization decriminalization, medicalization and prop 215 is a great is a great example that it created a framework for us as, as consumers as individuals to go out and find medicine alternative methodology for medicine. For, for personal growth. And, and I expect that SB 519 is going to pass and going to create the same exact framework that uh, Prop 215 created for cannabis. But the difference is, is that we are in such a fast track approach towards this decriminalization effort that in five years time from this point of this podcast, I expect there's going to be a huge um, market in both the medical ceremonial and recreational spaces that's awesome man
0: and you know how how we you and i even came to uh be was we had a conversation i reached out to you and we talked for about an hour and a half and i was interested in doing a guided uh a guided uh, uh trip you know basically you know working on some of the things that uh you know my own personal issues that i'm still struggling with in certain areas and you know i've thought that you know maybe that would be uh, you know, a good thing to do, uh, and so you know, you talked me through that and and you know, was able to give me some information, and you know, I appreciate that, and um, uh, I love it. And we've got quite a few people in the audience over in Clubhouse, and I recognize a lot of the uh, the the names that we have here from seeing them in your uh, you know, from the 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 Saturday uh, psychedelic coffee shop to some of the other. Uh, rooms as well uh, that are that are on the space, and I, I you know I really appreciate it, and uh, you know everything that you've got going on, and uh, you know all of your knowledge that you help uh, you know spread out there, and you know what you're doing in the community. My question for you know let's when it does get decriminalized, is it going to open up opportunities to have uh, retreat style? Um, guided, uh, there's a. I know it's not called guided trips. What it, what is it called? Journey work.
2: Journey work is yeah. the the term to use, I think. Um, especially from like outside of medical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that's the beauty of SB 519. That's the beauty of all the amazing work that Carlos Plazola and Larry Norris have put down and helped develop with decriminalized nature, the platform that is out there for decriminalization for any place in America. So any of you listeners out there that feel like you're not sure about where you live or what you do, there's a platform that's available for you to open the conversation. And so uh, that's, that's the real big piece of, of this type of discussion is how, we open up those conversations to people within our community to allow them to gain access. And so with as SB 519 opens up and kind of creates this access point, we're going to see a lot of different modalities, a lot of different groups coming into into the discussion. And so creating that that open the open-ended framework for people that are medical professionals, ceremonial professionals, And then what I expect will be some level of of recreational because that's the the framework that existed for cannabis. So while cannabis is consumed differently than um, therapeutic mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, there is a crossover that exists. And so my hope is that California, with their understanding and with educational efforts like just us sitting here and talking about this, we're going to create that framework for it to open up to make it accessible to everybody in whatever access um, point they they have uh, available to them.
0: This is this is like what I envision. I envision a retreat somewhere, you know, nice in nature where you have. Uh, Medical professionals, whether they may be uh, mental health counselors that are trained in guiding uh, those journeys, as well as, you know, maybe other health and wellness uh, things that are involved in here from yoga to, you know, uh, do you want to go have good food and all of these things in one spot where you can just go and have, you know, take a, you know, it's almost like a resort. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, don't you love living in California, Sean? Because I think we're pretty we're, we're on the same page. Um, this is what is the future of, uh, of personal health and wellness. You're not just going to go to yoga retreat. You're not just going to go to a men's or women's group to talk your problems out. You're not just going to go on a beautiful hike in nature. What you're hopefully going to kind of be a part of is you're going to ingest beautiful plant medicines that will help balance your system. Then you're going to take those other things and you're going to incorporate them together. Because right now, for the past, I don't know, 20 years since I was a kid, we've been told, well, you got a problem, take a pill. You got got depression, take Prozac. What? Lexapro. That's the good stuff. Oh, (laughs) don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We got all these amazing drugs to help kill your pain and numb you up so you don't worry about your problems.
0: And then we got, a, then we got a, a. another pill for all the side effects that you're going to get from these other pills. And so, we, you know, we, we've got you covered all
2: the way around 360. Don't worry about
0: it. Just keep taking these
2: pills. Yeah. And, and when I look over my shoulders left and right, I always go, wow, because the human body is an amazing machine and it doesn't need anything in it other than natural substances to fuel it because it wasn't made to take Oxycontin. It wasn't made to take opium. It wasn't made to take heroin or any of these opioids that we are addicted to as a society. However, the receptor is there, so it does something. And we know it does something good because we created medicines that help people. But because of our nature as, as humans, we unfortunately take things to excess, whether it's personal health, whether it's money, whether it's spirituality. We go way above and beyond with every gosh darn thing that's in front of us. And so my advice again and my candid opinion is really just build that recipe for yourself. Find that balance there. Whatever you hear from somebody else may or may not work for you and take it with anecdotal experience and bring it back into the recipe. Keep cooking, my friends. Keep cooking.
0: Yeah. And with that, I got, I, you know, full disclosure here. Um, you know, I had a you know, I, I was addicted to meth for 18 years, you know, in and out of prisons and, and institutions. And, uh, you know, in 2010, I cut all that out, but I ended up on a seven year opiate addiction from a, from a, uh, an injury playing softball. You know, I, I was making my way back up, you know, climbing the ladder of life and, and getting out of all of that. And, uh, I ended up injuring myself and went to Kaiser, and it was in my it was in my file that I was an addict, and they prescribed them to me anyways. And their way around it was is here, just sign a waiver, so you're not going to sue us if you get addicted. And sure enough, seven years later, uh, you know, ten ten. I started out with uh, Norco fives and ended my run with uh, Percocet tens, taking ten of them a day. And uh, I was able to kick that using um, edible marijuana, and also being able to um, uh, take microdosing psilocybin uh, in in conjunction with that. So I mean, I, I literally, you know, use uh, microdosing now as somebody would probably use Lexapro or Prozac.
2: Yeah, that that is I. I I love I love hearing anecdotal um, responses like this because that that's what's driving this this movement. Without you, without me, without everybody that has anything to do with consuming plant medicine, whether it's entheogenic or not. Right, and entheogenic, my friends, means has tryptamines means that induce psychedelic effects. And psychedelic effects are so broad, they range from so many different Levels of of understanding that we're we're literally back down on talking to the same level as like what's the difference between taking Valium, Xanax, and like other you know other anti anxiety mag- medications that exist? What's the difference between taking you know Ritalin, Welbutrin, or um, you know Dexedrine? They all work within the same receptor channels. They just all have different levels, and so society and medicine and the westernized medical society has has basically created this idea that we need to kind of create this cocktail to um um, and um a um you know basically a chemicalized cocktail in order to balance these things and the reality is is that your system you personally and everything around you you have the ability to control these feelings, these things, without anything other than natural food, without with exercise. Like, the human body is made to run. It's made to go and chase. And we all have those feelings deep down inside. And we, um, we seem to have um, um, duped ourselves into the idea that we don't need to be running around being active, being in community, sharing love and feelings with people that are around us that we care about. And and that the idea of wealth is not in, in the health that we have, but is in what we produce to everybody else. So uh, I'm telling you right now, friends, if you're more healthy, if you share that you're healthy and that you share your smile and your love with everybody else around you, well, you're going to have a greater impact than whatever whatever money you have in your pocket.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I love that. I love that you said that. And I love what you said. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, talk here a little bit about uh, well we're gonna go to the um, uh, clubhouse room. So if you guys are down there in clubhouse, uh, do me a favor. Uh, if you want to catch more of these, because all of my uh, broadcasts from now on will be um, piped into clubhouse. So the best way to be able to do that is to hit that green. That green uh house up there for the club uh join the club, and any time that I go live and have a room that's uh you know with a with a guest like like james here uh that they'll you will be notified and this is you know I just started doing this, so i mean this is one of those things I could talk about you know throwing darts and seeing what sticks right. Um, and so, yeah. And if anybody has a question, feel free to raise your hand and, uh, I'll bring you up to the stage and you can ask your question because you can, uh, you will be able to communicate with James, I believe here through this, uh, little thing I got going. So, uh, if you want to do that, feel free to do it and uh, I'll bring you up.
2: Um, just to make it even more live and beautiful, I just want to acknowledge all the amazing people that are hanging out with us on clubhouse right now miss denise miss uh dr regina uh gilia ellen um, reese sarah manuel david patrick robert Stuart, and northbound you guys are awesome thanks for hanging out with us listening along sean is doing an amazing job crossing boundaries and borders with these types of discussions, which is what is the importance and the magic that exists with spaces like clubhouse and working on these multi-platform type of discussions. So thank you, brother. I appreciate this opportunity. So ask away, man, raise your hands.
0: And to catch the video of of these, you know, because this does stream out to uh, six different platforms as well, uh, live streaming platforms, you can catch it on my Facebook profile. You can catch it on Twitter, Uh, Twitter Live. is uh, You can get it there. You can get it on my YouTube channel. Uh, as well as Facebook groups, uh, it's piped to a few different things, but the main three are those. And, uh, yeah, you can catch this replay if you want, or you can, you know, listen to it, however you want to do it, man. It's just a matter of, of seeing what's working. You know, there's a lot of different content out there. There's a lot of different creators out there right now. And so, you know, trying to figure out ways around the algorithms, because some of the conversations that we have, you know, they, they don't like. And they, you know, some of the platforms like YouTube, uh, when you're talking about, you know, people's personal stories, because this, you know, started out as a Bottoms in Life Struggles podcast and how my guests got through it, you know, based on, you know, kind of my life story and what I've went through. And I wanted to hear other people's stories and how they got through it and uh, to be able to share that, because just like way back in the day when we would get around fires and talk. And communicate with each other. That's how we would learn things. That's how we would learn how to get through things. And maybe you know, let's say little Johnny went and, and hurt himself, uh, you know, on, on some sort of bush or ate something. Well, you'd come back and you'd talk about it, and that's how everybody'd figure out. Well, don't go near those bushes because this is what's going to happen, <laughs> right? And we've been kind of separated and divided, uh, over the years, hundreds of years, you know, that, that this has been happening and these spaces are helping us to come back together. And, you know, we're all figuring out that, you know, mainstream media is really not there to help us. And the only way that we're going to combat those voices and those, uh, negative, uh, types of broadcasts are our own, and creating our own spaces and our own media channels that we combat them with. And I mean, not not to say that you know some of the you know local news isn't isn't good to look at, but I mean, I got to tell you, there have been times when I turn on the news and I would just be like, oh my god, turn it off, man. It's just you know when you don't watch it for a while, you see how gaslighting and how uh, traumatizing it can be.
2: So, so Sean, you know, my background before I even got involved with any of this stuff, my background was, um, was in, was in basically print media and, uh, and multimedia development. So I graduated from college with a degree in what was called new media publishing, which basically was trying to take content development, like what we're doing right now and trying to find the, the crossovers that exist um uh, within the current existing um, kind of print markets graphic design markets and and the IT markets that were emerging and basically what we all learned was that you had to do this you had to throw darts you had to you had to be a part of every single piece even though it was really difficult and and as I sit here and I watch the development of social media as I watch the development of tech and all these new apps and all these new things it's that it's that exact crossover of how we use these things effectively to actually get our message across without being burned out because somebody thinks in their conservative or more pragmatic mindset that that these particular topics should or shouldn't be talked about. The reality is is you're doing the amazing work of kind of pulling multiple things together and knowing that by us sitting here and having this discussion on a cross on a cross-platform content development standpoint it just it 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 will pull us all together even if i only have or you have five from one platform 10 from another and 20 from another when we start crossing all these different places we as a community will grow and that community development and that community response is what we as a as a nation need and it's really kind of interesting, and I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of giggling about it a lot, that psychedelics seem to be the thing that's pulling us all together right now. I can't believe it. <laughs> right?
0: I mean, not not only – I mean, because we – I mean, you, you, you talk about psychedelics, and it, there's a whole wide variety of, of psychedelics out there from, right. from ayahuasca to ibogaine, to you know and so i ibogaine's doing some some amazing things with folks that are you know been but hooked heavy addiction yeah and you know what else is there MDMA i've had i've had an experience with MDMA that changed my life and my outlook the first time i ever did it i was uh and i'll, I'll let you guys on on i'll let you in on this little uh this little story here so i the first time i ever did it i went to a rave it was in sacramento california and it was at a bar called Bojangles, and
2: <laughs> wait, I- wait, 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 let's stop there and hold on that, hold on that level of misappropriation. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it out where it is, where it is, Sean. I, look at me, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm am an entitled white dude that has a, a shop in San Francisco that isn't even open. And it's not because I'm entitled from the standpoint like I got more money or more this than that. But the reality is, is that framework existed and put me in a spot to be able to sit here and talk about this stuff Mm -hmm. so it's my job to make sure that we that you that everybody around us has a platform to be able to have this discussion so by you crossing all these all these uh different fields and throwing lawn darts hoping one of them is going to stick in the circle this is why this is so exciting to me i appreciate you and appreciate this opportunity so much my friend
0: well thank you brother and And what I was gonna say is that is that you know this this I didn't realize that this was a gay bar, and up to that point, I was really homophobic right and so I was probably about nineteen or twenty and I took this capsule of uh black licorice, uh, I think we got it from the city <laughs> and uh you know probably and I took it about. 30 minutes before I walked in there, I walked in there and I started realizing, I'm like, well, where are we at? Hold on a second. This doesn't, this does, this looks like something that I don't like, right? Well, all of a sudden, I started, uh, I, it, it started kicking in. And what happened after that was I just felt love running through my veins and through my soul and through my body. And I stopped looking at, at, at these folks that were there as gay people and started looking at them as people. Yeah. And love, I, yeah, I even had a guy come and, and hit on me and I was like, well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm flattered that you, you don't feel that way, but I, I'm, I'm cool.
2: Right. Cause it feels good when somebody yeah. gives you that attention and that's what human society is pushing us towards is more and more and more attention, attention, attention. Look at me, look at me.
0: Yeah, right. And so really the huge so. change was, and and you know they always talk about the first time you ever do ecstasy or one of these things, you're going to have something profound change in your life, and that was it. From that point on, I was no longer homophobic. I actually liked hanging out with with yeah. gay folks because they, they threw a hell of a party.
2: I am I am sexually oriented as queer, but my uh, my personal preference towards physical attraction is towards women, because I recognize that that everybody has beauty in them, whether your sexual orientation is male, female, or in between. Everybody has beauty. And it's about how you take that energy and you exude it out to the universe and to everybody around you. So, like, once I realized that, especially as a young man, especially as a young heterosexual man that was, like, raised in this very hetero like, kind of aggressive nature, like toxic masculinity. I'm a high school wrestling coach. I can't even tell you the stories of the things that I went through when I was the age of 10 all the way up until 23 when I finally stood up for myself and told these guys to not be like that because we had more work to do and more training to do than what was just going on in and outside of the mat room. I couldn't deal with it. And that's because these guys weren't doing anything wrong or right. It's just we had all been conditioned to believe that these certain um, actions or um, discussions towards each other were the were the right approach. And I kind of I kind of pushed myself to say like, when you look at me from afar, I am the represent. I would like to think that visually I'm a representation of what masculinity is in America at this point in time. But when you sit back and you have a conversation with me. I'm going to make you dance to cabaret like you wouldn't believe. And we're all going to enjoy RuPaul because she is the queen that she deserves to be that has taught us all how to let the fuck go of sexuality and what the constructs of society have developed us, uh, developed within us through religion, through social interactions, through what the difference between male, female, and in between is. And let's just be completely blunt. We all know that societies in ancient te- in ancient times had a way better understanding of this crossover than we do right now. It's part of our problem. Oh,
0: opinion. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you look back into the Roman days and, you know, all the stuff that, you know, they used to do back then. Everything was pretty fluid, you know.
2: It moved like the wood like the waters of the ocean you go up you go down but the thing is the um, all boats rise with the tide oh, so yeah. everybody's on the same plane then we will always rise together
0: yep i say that all the time man the ri- the, the, the the rising tide raises all ships you know it's yeah. it, it's you know get out of that feast or famine uh, mindset and start living in that that abundant mindset you know, you start, you know, making things happen and helping people around you, then you will start getting the, the, you know, the benefits of that. And it may not be directly from the person that you're helping, but I guarantee you down the road, you know, maybe two, three months and somebody completely different is going to return that favor to you in some way, shape or form.
2: 100.
0: Easy peasy. And so I think this is a great uh, point to end this on. This is a great conversation. We're at about 58 minutes here. Um, you know, why don't you go ahead and plug everything that you want to, James, and, uh, you know, say uh, any last words or burning desires that we didn't talk about or cover?
2: Well, I I mean, first and foremost, we didn't even talk about my um – my experience of what really brought me to drive so hard to bring myself back up. So I think Sean, we have to have another discussion where I talk about um, a couple of the near death experiences that I had that really drove me to believe that this is the type of um, the type of work that I want to do. And, and then, and, and, and when it comes down to it, my friends is, if you're interested in taking your own personal health into your life, growing learning how to grow mushrooms might be a piece of that and if you're not growing mushrooms just consuming mushrooms could be a huge piece of that and my hope is is that by sitting here and listening to Sean and I talk for you know this hour long and kind of go around across all these things is that you build the personal confidence to go out and take control of your own life your own personal recipe and share the love and um just uh, opportunity that is around you right now because we've all been stuck inside for the past year and now it's time to take control because we're all coming back around and I can't wait to share with you. I can't wait to find opportunities to support everybody that may listen to this and um, let's let's all, let's all hang out and, and create community because that's the important aspect of, of what healing is about is having people around you that will listen to you, that will love you and will support you.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, and yeah, that, that is a great opportunity, uh, to connect again.
2: And we did, we did skip right over that, didn't we? Um, and, and, you know, what are, what are the things I'm on clubhouse? Okay. So if you want to hear this beautiful baritone, some more, come on clubhouse and listen to me talk because I'll talk all day there. Um, I'm on Instagram. Instagram is a great platform to reach out to me and and tell me your story. And um, I will get back to you as soon as I can. If you want to, if you're in the Bay area and you have a group or you personally are interested in creating um, a space for you to grow mushrooms for yourself or for your personal community, then reach out. I am, I'm here. I'm at the hate street, shroom which is, um, w You can email me at james at You can also reach out through all the other social media platforms to try and connect with whatever works best for you. And I will get back to you as soon as I can. And And let's grow together, family. Let's grow together. That's awesome.
0: And yeah, we will uh, connect again and do a part two. And I want to take you up on your offer on the next one of going and doing it live from your shop.
2: Yes. Come to the hate street shroom shop reading nook, which is currently being transitioned into the podcast nook because I know my friends that there are a lot of amazing individuals, whether historically or whether currently here in the Bay area, in the psychedelic community, that have so much to share with us. And I have neighbors uh, two blocks from me that are on the board of, of maps. I have, I have people that I have met on Hippie Hill that were there when the bee-in actually occurred. So there is something that hides here. We are Atlantis. We are here to share the knowledge. San Francisco was a special place that lit the torch over 50 years ago to bring the energy back together and while this place looks like a a crazy capitalist overly expensive place there's magic here my friends there's magic here and i want you all to look at my little shop as a beacon as a lighthouse to bring you all back to where it all started so we can figure this thing out again together
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. So I'm going to pull you out and, uh, hang out just for a second. Once the, uh, in the outro is done, I want to ask you a couple of questions down in the green room and, uh, yeah, thanks again. And everybody, I hope that you enjoyed the show, uh, as much as I did and the information that we received from James and, uh, everything that we had talked about. So, uh, Things that are going on uh, next week, I'm not sure. I've got a, I've got two lined up n- for next Monday. Uh, let's see. I think it's at uh, one at five and one at six p.m. And those are going to be really good. So uh, keep a lookout for that. They will be uh, scheduled in the uh, clubhouse room as well. Uh, yeah. And so if uh, you know you enjoyed your weekend, I hope everybody did. Um, I took mine a little slow, trying to get back to being used to going to work. But, uh, yeah, thank you again for being here. I appreciate all of you. And as I sign off, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise.